0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.
1: Welcome in. Uh, I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Uh, another day, another dollar, right? That's the way I always look at things. Uh, how is Wall Street doing? I'll do my best to bring you a good, solid show. You do your best to listen, maybe ask questions, uh, bring it, so to speak. Um, I think that could be terribly helpful if you follow me on this exercise. Um, cookie cutter performance yesterday on Wall Street. And I'll be a little honest with you. Uh, We're heading towards the holiday season, and that starts to play into people's minds. In the Bay Area where I live, we have air quality issues due to the fires 100 miles away that now seem to be about 90 miles away, right? So a lot going on there. Um, Napa, I mean, oh, holy mackerel. Not to be dramatic with you, but one of the greatest vacation areas in the United States, uh, wine country. Basically, is it going to be the greatest place to vacation to, or even visit for quite some time on the Sonoma side? Um, lots of fire, lots of damage, uh, lots of trees gone. So a lot of scenic beauty, the scenic beauty uh, being under siege, so to speak. Uh, anything you want to talk about? We can talk about. So talking about the stock market is my way of helping you get to retirement. So I do plan this weekend to uh, put together some supplies uh, for the firefighters and their families and things like that. So uh, let me get to there. if If you can forgive me a little bit, I might be a little distracted here or there. Very cookie kind of performance in the stock market yesterday. Started soft, kind of steadied itself, enjoyed a late afternoon push. We got a record new high for the Dow, the NASDAQ, and the S&P 500 yesterday. And can I hear it? Can I hear a little happy days are here again? Like, are you with me or are you against me? Record days. You should be able to open up your 401k and say, "Woo!" In fact, maybe that's the the challenge that I'm going to throw at you this weekend is do... Open up your 401k and do say, am I near record highs? Because if not, you're probably doing something wrong Um, in my way, in my opinion. So Trump tweets some foreboding warning about Puerto Rico, which he calls a disaster before the hurricanes. Now, this is one of those times where I can go back in time and, and go back and kill the inventors of Twitter. Maybe I would kind of think maybe I would JP Morgan had a good quarter they beat off some tough trading uh, during the quarter but Citigroup was a star Citigroup you are a star they handily beat analyst expectations reporting third quarter earnings of a buck 42 a share and nearly eight percent beat the financials are rocking and rolling. And they are going to drag this market higher because the Federal Reserve is still pretty much so hell-bent on raising interest rates. I won't use the word hell-bent because I'm sending the wrong message when I say that. But the Federal Reserve is pretty much so focused on, hey, the employment numbers in the U.S. are are good enough. Now, when I tell you that Citigroup has a good quarter, they delivered a strong quarter, they showed the balance of their franchise by both product and geography and highlighting there were multiple engines of client-led growth. Wouldn't you think the the stock would be higher? It wasn't. It's not. It's uh, slightly down, and the markets are slightly down. Are the markets fatigued? I am fatigued. Personally, I am fatigued when it comes to uh, fires. I work at a news station, and uh, like I think I've told you, I've got family who've already lost a home. I've got another family who's uh, evacuated in that area. I know a lot of uh, friends who have retired up in that area and uh, co-workers, so to speak. Couple of days ago, they sent their kids away. But man, I am fatigued by this. I don't see how you know countries and states do this on a regular basis. So I have a new appreciation, to say the least. Um, Seeing a little bit of red across the table, I'm not all that upset by that. So Kroger is surging as they're starting to consider selling their convenience stores. And you're like, okay. So Kroger's got some things other than their big grocery stores. They got some small box stores. Uh, so we got that going on, and then you take a look at like why would Kroger do that? and Scott Galloway, marketing professor at NYU uh, he's author of a new book that I highly recommend uh, the four the Hidden DNA of Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Google. He's explaining some of the type two investments um, that are going on at companies like Amazon, and Amazon's pushing companies like um, Kroger to change the way they do business. It's pretty fascinating stuff to watch on the periphery. Uh, Amazon's core competency or advantage relative to other members of you know the Big Four—Amazon, uh, Apple, Facebook, Google—it comes down to storytelling. Jeff Bezos essentially wraps have not changed in 15 years. And if you ever hear him talk, he is pretty intoxicating as far as his stories. Um, I saw him probably 12, 13 years ago, maybe, maybe even a little longer. Uh, talking about you know the hot Christmas items uh, that you can get at Amazon, and I was like, Jesus, this guy can story, tell a story. Uh, he brought like a pink uh, teddy bear with him to CNBC, and uh, I was on the same day, and like I was watching him on set, and it was like, it was like this guy, he turns it on. So, Amazon now can borrow money for less than the cost of what China can borrow money. And that's pretty impressive. They're able to throw up more things against the wall. If you could borrow money at 2% and go invest in 10 real estate projects, you're probably going to do better than someone who could borrow money at 5%. You're going to be able to take more chances because you know your terms are going to be better and your paybacks are going to be easier. Plan B investments that have worked, you know, have launched a company based on their own infrastructure and they call it Amazon web services and it's huge. Um, So Amazon's not doing just their core competency anymore. They're using cheap money to go out there and build things to, to build their business. Um, Amazon web services is the fastest growing business in tech. Uh, So when you take a look at that, you're like, Whoa, not only are they dominant in in retail, but now they're also dominant in tech, right? Um, Which is, kind of a different version of the S&P 500. So Amazon's going to spend about $4.5 billion on original television content this year. So that money is money that they're borrowing, again, cheaper than China could borrow money. And uh, do you get where I'm going at with this? So I think you should own some shares of Amazon. I think you should pick some up. I think you should consult a broker advisor before taking action on any stocks mentioned. But you see where I'm going at with this, I hope. Um, Yeah, I, I do think... It should be, you know, considered probably your most aggressive stock, probably your craziest stock. Um, and if it does its thing, I think you should take some off the table and, you know, be happy that you still have some there. Uh, so I think it's both a trade and a long-term investment, which is something interesting. Uh, I, you know, still like Amazon. I still like Netflix. Uh, when I start seeing, you know, the way people are consuming media. Uh, at the gym, that used to bring you know iPods. Now they're bringing you know mini uh, uh, iPads, and they're watching Netflix. So, I myself don't find TV all that interesting, but you get the idea. each calls in there. Are you surprised by this? Uh, Puerto Rico's power is out, but most of its casinos are back and running. Uh, one reason why is Puerto Rico has a big tourism business. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight
2: replay at 7.
1: Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black doing the best I can to show you some stories and some ideas that will work and hopefully get you to retirement if you pay attention along the, the path, so to speak. I think there's some pretty exciting things going on in the world, and uh, hopefully you're able to you know, build a portfolio with some of that in mind. Now, again, I'm talking to people who are 25, 35, 45, 55, 65, and that makes for difficult media. Uh Because we're talking financial issues. One thing I won't do, unlike some blowhards out there who pay for radio and television, is promise you that I'm right or promise you that I'm smarter than you. I don't think I'm smarter than you. I don't have a system. I don't have a red light, yellow light, green light. Um, I don't have an office with a lot of marble. I've got a bank account with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight figures in it. That's not bad. Um and I've done it without hurting anyone. I've done it without getting sued. I've done it without running into the Department of Real Estate. I've done it without um uh, <clears throat> lining my pockets and you know, no one's ever come to me and said I went bankrupt because of you. So I feel good about that. I got that going for me, which is hopefully good karma, right? Um but anyway, I think one of the best things you could do is is Invest in a down market. I think one of the best things you can do is diversify your portfolio. Um, I think one of the best things you could do is is figure out risk and figure out you know how people make money. Uh, I own shares at Disney, and I feel like I might have gotten in a bit early, like a year early. I feel comfortable with it for the long term, but I've been all average in as it goes under hundred dollars a share. Um, I got it in the low 90s, so I'm fine as far as the initial investment goes. But at the same time, I feel a little disappointed because. Um, I feel the ESPN issues are are pretty well known as far as the cord cutters, but they're now running into a situation where they pulled content away from Netflix and Netflix is still spending billions of dollars and Amazon is spending billions of dollars to bring out new content. And in the end, we want new content. Uh, we've seen the first seven seasons of walking dead. We want the next zombie show. We want the next, uh, transgender show. We want the next show on, uh, sports. We want the next show, like. And that costs money. And in the horse races, uh, Netflix and Amazon are throwing a lot of money down. So Disney's going to have to throw a lot of money down because Disney said, we want to be a direct-to-consumer streaming service in 2019. Uh, So Disney's shift to pay television and direct-to-consumer video products, it's going to weigh on the stock. They're going to have to do a sizable initial investment, and they're going to have a long lead time to getting their offering up and running and throwing billions of dollars into it like their competitors are. Now, Amazon's not getting the payoff that Netflix is for throwing the billion the dollars in as far as eyeballs go. Um, and you certainly want Netflix to show the earnings at some point of the strength of their number, so to speak. So, Disney has unveiled plans to do a direct-to-consumer video streaming service. It's going to cost a lot of money. Um, you know, they want a piece of that that streaming pie. Now, do I think they'll do it? I do. Do I think they'll be successful? I do. As a parent, you know, the brand that Disney brings to the table, most parents trust, and they feel good. Like, hey, my kid's watching a Pixar film, my kid's watching a Disney film. I can go away, leave a babysitter here, and not worry that, you know, I'm going to come home with kids who are screaming from, you know, the violence. Uh, now, I don't know about the Marvel superhero films, but that's a Disney product as well. So, one analyst sees a new price target on Disney down to 105 from 122. Um basically shares a fault about 8% since the announcement that is going to pull its original content from Netflix and basically get into a war with Netflix uh, on, on that division of their business, right? Now, pack your lunch, ladies and gentlemen. Southwest is going to start flying to Hawaii next year, and I'm actually pretty excited by this. Um, I like Hawaii. I like Mexico. Um, and that feels pretty good to me to say out loud. And Southwest Airlines wants to take its brand new Boeing planes to Hawaii. Now, Southwest has got a history of using certain types of planes. They use only a number of mechanics that know how to fix certain types of planes. And as they expand their fleet, they'll need more mechanics. Do you see where that kind of starts becoming a bit of a problem? But as they expand their fleet, they're now able to go longer distances and offer their services uh, to new markets. Southwest, the U.S. carrier known for its lack of seating assignments. Are you an A, B, or C, the short routes to no frills service? Uh, I'm going to start selling tickets to Hawaii. Um, and that's pretty good. Loyal customers want that. Why is market they've long said they'll serve one day, and now they will. It's interesting that Southwest chief financial officer is named Tammy Romo, because I instantly want to say Tony Romo, I'm like, ooh, Tony Romo for the Dallas Cowboys. But no. The Hawaii routes will be serviced most likely by the airline's new planes. Uh, they've taken delivery of some Boeing 737 MAX 8 aircraft in August. They're more fuel efficient. They can fly longer distances. It's not the only no-frills U.S. carrier that's considering longer routes. JetBlue has been considering adding routes to Europe. Um, so, good. Consumer kind of wins in this type of scenario, right? A little bit. You with me? You against me. Again, this is a civil war, so you need to pick a side. So, other stories of note today. Um, and I think there's plenty. I feel like Trump is heavily in the news uh, midweek, so uh, worthy of note that it is what it is. Um, anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. A lot going on. Man, it's, uh, Seth MacLeFarlane made a joke in 2013 about Harvey Weinstein that looked prophetic at the time, but turned out that he knew a story from a friend. Uh, I throw that up there because the amount of serious problems people get into our lives uh, harvey weinstein's career destroyed and rightfully so don't don't think I'm not saying anything otherwise but again it's a constant reminder that you will be held accountable um, in this day and age you know twenty years ago thirty years ago he could have got away with it because you know the internet the television was 24 twenty four seven three six five 365. But not so much today. So teach that to your kids that, you know, do not think about jumping the fence. Do not think about throwing the bottle. Do not think about uh, putting yourself in a bad situation because it will get recorded somewhere, some way, some shape, some form, somehow, right? Oh, so much going on. You know, there's a hurricane that's headed towards Ireland right now. You can't make this up. There's fires in Napa, wine country. There's fires in Southern California near Disney, uh, which have created some fantastic photographs during sunset of kids on flying elephants. Uh, oh, and by the way, Home Depot's seen a big rush. I'm 100 miles away from the fires, and I went to Home Depot to pick up some air filters uh, for my air purifiers because they're running full time right now. And uh, every air filter's gone. Every air filter's gone 100 miles away. So, guess who got my business? amazon because it'll be here later this morning uh man if you got stories for me send them in rob at rob it's rob at rob i love your stories and i love you so much that i'm doing one final seminar this year it's going to be in the bay area it's going to be in los gatos it's going to be in november you can sign up for the event on a thursday night by going to rob Black show and using the code radio 25 to get in for free want the podcast with music Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Okay, you need to help me out on this one, ladies and gents, or whatever you are. I take a look at a lot of financial stories. I try to like, twist them, like Southwest Airlines going to Hawaii. That's not a personal story. Like, woohoo, I can go to Hawaii. That's a business. You can go and invest in Southwest Airlines ticker symbol love. Um, you know the airline industry is a lot like you know a flying bus, and Southwest admits it's a lot like a flying bus, and they treat you a lot like it's a flying bus, but they don't hide behind that, and they kind of embrace it. Um, but it's a fun flying bus, or it's as fun as it can be, so to speak, for, for the mass appeal. Here's this, and again, publicly traded, adding new routes and adding new revenue. And you can beat on the top line revenue, Wall Street loves it. Or you can beat on the bottom line earnings, Wall Street loves it. Not always, of course, but you get the idea. And I'm not saying go out and buy Southwest. Rob said he likes Southwest because of Hawaii. So here's one that I need help with. And maybe my producer can help me out with a little music behind me. Pink. Pink is in the news today. Um, The singer. She's 38 years old. She donated $500,000 to hurricane victims. I'm like, how does she make five? How does she have that kind of? She's got $110 million. Holy mackerel. I did not see that one coming. When you're talking that kind of money, you're up there. The Stones, Tom Petty, Justin Timberlake, Britney, Beyonce. You know, you're a legend. That's a big amount of money. Now, again, I'm not comparing her wealth to the Stones. Uh, but that's a big amount of money. Pink's going to make her third appearance on Saturday Night Live as the show's musical guest this weekend. Two decades of stardom under her belt, earning countless accolades and millions of dollars from hit albums and sold out tours. Um, she's got something that is a good business lesson to teach your children. It's a good business lesson to teach yourself. There's a guy who lives close to me who works for Oracle. Fairly annoying. But he's got staying power. He's been fairly annoying for a while. And there's something to be said about that. When I say fairly annoying, you know those salespeople who are always like, hey, it's all about me. Hey, 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 it's Christmas, let me tell you about me. Hey, 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 it's Hanukkah, let me tell you about me. That's it. So it's been 17 years since Pink released her first album, Can't Take Me Home. She's worth $110 million. And if you look back at some of the uh, pictures of her, you're like, whoa, Uh, she's done well. She's done quite well, to say the least. Whoa, even Donald's impressed. Whoa. She sold 16 million albums. She's minted four number one hits. She's had 11 songs in the top 10. And for the life of me, I probably wouldn't be able to figure out. Uh, what my producer just told me. I probably wouldn't be able to figure out what a number one song is of hers. Uh, um, And I'm a little embarrassed by that. Oh, yes, yes. Let's get this party started. In 2013, she was the highest-earning touring female artist. She netted more than $20 million for 114 concert dates. 111 of them uh, were sold out. I guess I'm starting to get it. Uh, she's had some fun spending her money. See, this is the question that I have for you. And drop me an email, rob com. And if you're a female, uh, tell me if I'm wrong. If you're a male, tell me where I should invest, because I feel like I'm getting it wrong. She spent $10,000 buying a Marilyn Monroe painting, $8,000 on a Harley-Davidson motorcycle, which is fine. A uh, 1959 Chevy Impala convertible was worth $99,000 she bought. She rents a home, beachfront for seven, am I right, $70,000 a month? And you're like, that doesn't even make sense. She has a mansion in Malibu for $12 million uh, that she bought with her husband at the time, Corey Hart. Uh, in 2016, they sold it for, oh, maybe they're still there, I don't know, for about $12.5 million. So not exactly a big winner. Um... So, oh, they have a second child, so it looks like they're still together. They've been renting a $70,000 a month beachfront home in Malibu. What can you get for $70,000 a month? And it's kind of cute because you'll see photos of her and her two daughters. Um, and she's like frying eggs or something like that. But it's in a house that's worth $70,000. If you have a house $7,000 a month, pay someone to, it, to make said eggs for you. A um, lot of motorcycles, a lot of motorcycles. So, but donating $500,000 to Red Cross, I guess I kind of get it. But, you know, the business lesson that I get out of this one is staying power. All those number one hits, all the tours, all the years. Uh, she goes out of her way to say, I don't live in the Hollywood bubble. Never have, never will. Wasn't invited to that party. And um, she says she'd be dressed inappropriately if she was. But she's done okay for herself. $70,000 a month. for her. Why would anyone do that? I've got a lovely, I've got plenty of property, but I don't have $70,000 a month of rent. Um, I just don't get that. I personally would go for a $15,000 a month rental and donate the rest to charity and feel better about myself on some level. I know you're saying you use charity to feel better about yourself. I do. I do. Because that's me. Amazon's going to hire 120,000 workers for the U.S. Uh, in the U.S. for the holiday season. That's one area that if I was struggling to get by, um, I would certainly pick up a, an extra job doing something like that, um, a weekend job, uh, whether it be a pizza delivery, which I've done in the past uh, when I started my business out right of college. So nights and weekends, that's what I do. So. Um, I'd listen to you know business radio, Bloomberg Radio. Um, I'd listen to books on tape, things that you know I could educate myself while I was doing it. Chasing United Airlines introduced a new card uh, not too long ago. I wasn't all that excited by it. I like credit cards. Um I use credit cards. I've got credit card points uh, to pay for the ultimate honeymoon, to pay for the ultimate vacation, to pay for the ultimate end of life experience. Um, I max, I don't max out my cards, let me correct that. I use my cards solely, I don't use debit cards. Debit cards are kind of a fool's, you almost have to be stupid to use a debit card. And when I say stupid, like financially stupid, no one likes to be called stupid. Oh, I've learned that before in my life once or twice. Don't call someone stupid, they do not like it.
2: Almost as stupid as stupid does."
1: People do not like being called stupid, but if you're whipping out a debit card to pay for lunch, if you're whipping out a debit card to pay for clothes, you're pretty stupid. Hey, if anyone ever hacks that account, they can run away with all your money, and there's no issue the bank has to cover. Uh, But with credit cards, credit card fraud, you're protected. Um, You have to maybe pay $50, $100. Even then, not likely. Um, But you also get rewards if you use your credit cards correctly. I basically use two two cards, not not, not totally true, I I basically use two cards for 95% of everything. One of them is for 2% for everything other than flights and um, restaurants, that goes on my travel card, my Chase Sapphire travel card, and the other one goes on my um, double cash back. So if I go to buy a pair of sneakers, they double cash back. Um, by Citigroup, and if I go to buy an airplane ticket, Chase Sapphire. So 3%, 2%. Um, Anything on Amazon, I use the Amazon card, 5% back. Uh, Sometimes Amazon sends me an email and says, you know, for the next 90 days, it's 10%. So it's 10% off. Um, I don't find myself in Target often, but I've got a Target card uh, that gives 5% off. Um, Costco's got a pretty generous card, but I don't find myself in Costco. Costco. Um, enough to warrant that, uh, although Costco has got some pretty good deals on tires and travel and funerals. So maybe I should get a Costco card before I die, but then who's going to use my points? So reward structures are pretty important to me. Um, but I saw that chase and United airlines had a new card and you know what? I hate United airlines so much. I will fly. I will spend double to fly any other airline other than them. I know you're saying you have a lot of hate for them. Isn't that funny? It's it's one of the reasons it's tough to invest in airlines because we do have these resentments. It's almost impossible to invest in uh, restaurants. You know why so many restaurants fail? Because as Americans, we have this issue that we feel like restaurants are kind of a luxury, right? It's kind of bourgeois to go out and have someone cook food and bring food and drink to us. and like, Might as well chew it up and spit it in our mouth for us. But once you get bad service, you're like, I want to talk to the manager. And then you get like hair in your food the second time. You're like, and then the third time, like there's a you know 90 minute wait, or they, they seem to seat every other table that you're like I'm never coming here again. And a lot of times you don't. Um, sometimes that's one of those you know business models that you have to be very careful on, companies that don't get customer service correctly. So Amazon, back in the day, where if you ordered something wrong, they'd send you out a slip immediately, and you could send it right back. That's good customer service in a lot of ways. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Uh, Taking a look at the markets, again, we hit record highs on S&P, the Dow, and the NASDAQ yesterday. It's a pretty good times. So the challenge I want to put out in front of you, again, is go to your 401k, take a look at it, make sure you're comfortable with your allocations, but it should be pretty close to a record high, unless you're doing something fitfully wrong. And then you should go, oh, I'm not good at picking stocks in my 401k. Maybe I shouldn't be picking stocks. to get your calls on the air. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's Rob Black Show. Got a big event coming up in Los Gatos, November 16th. Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar. You can sign up at robblackshow.com. Take a break here. I'll be right back. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. CFP Chad Burton and New Focus Financial, who I'm affiliated with. Um, has kind of something cool. It's called The Vault, and it's where you can keep a lot of like, your electronic files, and you can scan your files and put them in. You can keep copies. Um, and it's important because I think about like my own home that I live in. and When the wildfires in Northern California are raging around, uh, fires that have killed 23 people at least, that number is going to go higher and destroyed 3,500 homes, I go, I would lose a lot of my home. And I don't even think I would, but I would. And I've digitized a lot. I haven't digitized everything. I put a lot in the cloud. I haven't put everything in the cloud. So I think it's really important to start thinking about some of the areas that you live in, you know, whether it be flooding, whether it be drought, whether it be fires, whether it be hailstorms or snowstorms, hurricanes or typhoons, Um it's been, you know, a tough year, 2017, as far as climate disasters go. And your preparedness, safeguarding original documents, creating digital copies that could be accessed from anywhere. Key documents, you know, gather that you should gather now. Um, things like wills and birth certificates and social security cards and passports. Things that you'll need to recover, like insurance policies, uh, property deeds. Um, having everything in one place makes it easy to grab documents quickly in an evacuation. So fireproof, waterproof safe is, it's the start, but you know what? A lot of fireproof safes fail when you get temperatures blazing in your home, burning everything down, the fireproof safe may protect against fire, but not against heat. Um, and it melts or the documents inside melt. So create a digital copies to store in the cloud ensures everyone a winner, winner, chicken dinner. Um, You should have, you know, uh, LastPass lets users create shared family accounts so that everyone can get into your documents. Um, Be extremely careful and cautious, but, you know, key documents, your wills, your birth certificates, your social security cards, your passports, they should all be conveniently located in some sort of container so you can grab and run uh, if need be. And they should all have a version of them online. Speaking of CFP, Chad Burton, let's bring him on to chit-chat a little bit with us about Socially correctness when it comes to
2: investing. Chad? Now there's social responsible investing, SRI. That has been the most common type that we've seen out there. That's where you're investing in companies that contribute to humanity. Research for health and innovative treatments so people live longer, healthier lives. Investing in companies that are really focused on reducing carbon emissions or ending hunger, for example. Um, social responsibility, it's, it's the idea that businesses should balance profit-making activities with activities that benefit society, all right? That piece crosses over a little bit into ESG investing, environmental, social, and governance investing. That's a new one. There's even ESG ETFs out there, companies like Oppenheimer have. And where this is a little bit different, you can look at the MSCI KLD 400 Social Index, previously known as the Domine 400 Social Index. It's a market cap-weighted stock index of 400 publicly traded companies that have met certain standards of social and environmental excellence. They would have Stocks that are in this would have positive records on issues such as employee and human relations, product safety, environmental safety, and corporate governance. So, it's less about the the individual stocks and the sin stock idea, but it's more about companies that have positive records and scores in several different issues. Like I said, employee and human relations, product safety, environmental safety, and corporate governance. It's a little bit more objective, I guess you could say, especially on the corporate governance, governance portion. So, companies engaged in the business of alcohol, tobacco, and firearms and gambling, nuclear power, and military weapons are automatically excluded. So, you get the SIN stocks, you get some of the anti-environmental stocks already out of it, and then you score even further in the ESG investing to how a company does with these different areas that I mentioned. For example, let's look at Walmart. and This is where it can create these this kind of a push and pull. Because you look at Walmart, and you go, okay, that's a great stock returns for the year so far. Walmart just hit over 85. Who would have thought? Who would have thought with battling against Amazon, Walmart would have hit over 85? Now, on one hand, Walmart does a great job on getting cheap goods to lower income people across the country and around the world. Let's face it, it's basically Amazon and Walmart are responsible for, for the lowest inflation rates that we've seen in the last many, many, many years. So that's helped a lot of families. A lot of families benefit because they can shop and buy things really, really cheap at Walmart. But would Walmart be in an ESG fund? According to an article in Business Insider, not a chance. They have a 3 out of 100 overall score for ESG. So on governance, 23 out of 100. Ninety-two out of 100 on environmental scores, so they do good there. But one out of 100 on a social score. Walmart has a low score due to investigations into bribery, numerous workplace safety violations in the past two years, failure to endorse international labor policies, and use of sweatshops in the past three years. Now, this is from a Business Insider article. This is not. This is you know their opinion. So don't. I'm not saying that Walmart is actually currently dealing with these issues. But at one point, they had a low score because of these issues. Um. You know, they weren't raising minimum wage in the past, and I believe they are now, so maybe they'll start scoring better and maybe they'll end up in this. If you're trying to make sure that when you're investing your dollars, that they're doing they're going to invest in the companies. You want to own a piece of a company. Remember, anytime you invest in a mutual fund or an ETF, you own a small piece of a bunch of different companies. And if it's important to you that every dollar that you're investing in a company is going towards either doing good or not doing bad, you need to get an idea, a better idea, of whether or not you want to do faith-based investing, socially responsible investing, or go even further down the line to this ESG, this newer style, environmental, social, and government criteria.